Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. Good morning, everyone. It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Health Connect South Radio show, our 67th episode since we started this program last year in January. We've gotten to sit down with some outstanding leaders from the healthcare space here in the Atlanta area and in the region. Today, as we, gosh, are already closing in on a month away from the uh, September 21st Health Connect South event that's going to be held at the Georgia Aquarium. If you've not registered for that, you want to get that done as soon as you can. Use the Radio X promo code and you can get a discount off of your registration fee. So make sure you tell your colleagues about that opportunity as well. And today I have the opportunity to about three years, almost to the day, from the time I met Russ LaPerry, the CEO and founder of Health Connect South, came into my studio on the Top Docs radio show that I host and uh, had a chance to meet him, learned about what he was doing with Health Connect South and this organization, this platform that is set to break down silos and help foster faster growth and greater collaborations in the healthcare space here in Atlanta and indeed around the Southeastern region. So uh, thanks for sitting in, Russ. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And then we're also joined alongside him with uh, Chris Clark from UCB. Hi, CW. Thanks for making the arduous trek here into uh, <laughs> into town from yeah. the northwestern suburbs. That was a fun ride for you, sounds like. It was. It sounds uh, like it may be typical uh, for a lot of folks down in this area, but for me, it was quite an adventure, that's for sure. <laughs> well, let's get into Health Connect South and what it's all about, uh, Russ, with, with now three years in. And the, wow. the, what we're doing with Health Connect South is evolving a little bit, I think, in terms of how we approach it and, and uh, what we're calling it. Initially, it was based heavily on event-type gatherings, getting important people together from the healthcare space, from all kinds of walks of life, like academia, research, obviously healthcare provider, you know, health systems, et cetera. And at that first event that we went to at the Woodruff Arts Center three years ago, I was surprised by the organizations that I had a chance to meet there that I never really would have thought of. UPS being one of those six million square feet of regulated healthcare storage and delivery that they have. Had no idea that some of those types of organizations would be considered part of healthcare, but they definitely were. So what when when this all got started, what gave you the idea and and what made you go through the process of getting together the the support that you needed because you needed to get quite a bit of uh, of input and support from some very forward-thinking people to make this happen so talk about the genesis of health connect south sure we had a uh, group of folks um uh, in 2012 that tried to attract a very large national gathering uh health gathering um and unfortunately uh, atlanta did not did not get the nod for that. However, uh, we had such great support from our community at a very high level, uh, very senior leaders among a very broad cross-section of health assets at, at that time around Atlanta, uh, but which has since grown, uh, encouraging uh, this effort to, to continue moving forward. Um, and so for, um, for us, uh, and I say us because this has been a tremendous team lift, uh, I would say the health leadership community of our, of our state and now, now as it's evolved our, our region, um, the idea was very appealing uh, 
to do something that was uh, very evident to everyone in health that we gather in industry silos. Mm -hmm. It was sort of a no kidding moment. Uh, And when I say a no kidding moment, what I mean is if you told that to someone, they would probably look at you very unenthusiastically and say, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think in recognizing the larger opportunity to, um, to bring the healthcare silos, if you will, um, together, we went through a process of discovery of the density of healthcare assets that are in initially Georgia. And then if you, if you sort of Google earth minus button several times, you know, you look at the density of health assets in the Southeast and it's, it's remarkable when we recognized in that process that really no one was trying to do anything at a regional level among those silos, among and between those silos to bring them together in order to foster collaboration. We saw a very good opportunity for Health Connect South uh, to serve as sort of Switzerland and an ambassador for the larger community uh, with the goal of becoming a regional platform for health collaboration. We've been extraordinarily fortunate to have seen already several very successful collaborations that have uh, been seeded by and through Health Connect South, uh, though organic in nature. I think we view our jobs very much as bringing together the right people, heavily curating who the right people are, and I'll talk about that in just a second, uh, but providing them with the opportunity um, to, to see and be exposed to and hear from uh, these different assets in, in health in, in our region. And when you look at, you know, Atlanta, for example, with the tremendous global health community, whether it's uh, the CDC or the Carter Center or, or CARE or the Task Force for Global Health, and the, the list goes, MedShare, uh, I mean, it's just the list goes on and on and on, as well as the health IT community, uh, ShareCare, WebMD, McKesson. I mean, just like, the, again, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And then you look at Nashville with the provider community yeah. and the healthcare financing community. You know, Research Triangle has that name for a reason. Um, <laughs> you know, you look at the things going on and in Alabama and Florida, uh, whether it's um, you know UF or you know Miami area, I mean, there's just there's there's too much here for any one uh, entity to know about, yet alone work with. And so, if we can if we can provide clarity around uh, what's here, and to provide the opportunity to understand not only what's here but what they do, and most importantly, what they need. Uh, to the right people, which I said I'd get to, then uh, here's here's that time. We really want to appeal to the top decision makers, the top innovators, and the next generation of health leaders. Among that trifecta, if you make clear to that group among those various health assets, not only what is here, but what they need, that's when things get done. And I think that's the role that we so badly want to serve is to provide clarity to not only the assets here, but their needs to the people that are enabled uh, to make change happen as a result. And um, and we've been very fortunate to see that happen. When we talk about healthcare assets, what exactly folds into that as part of this? Because from, from my understanding of what Health Connect South is trying to achieve, it includes anybody essentially who's facing- To healthcare. some degree. 
We are both exclusive and inclusive. Um, we are exclusive um, very much in wanting to maintain discipline around it being you know, the best of um, or the emerging leadership of, but we are very inclusive when it comes to of what. So for us, um, the health assets that we view can start small, a student with a good idea. Uh, Facebook was not started by you know, a PhD, MD that's been in the same research place for 27 years. Right. Uh, so good ideas can come from anywhere. And I think that's our starting point. And then graduating into featuring the work of our research universities, our academic medical centers, our hospitals, our physician groups, you know, very inclusive of our startups, uh, our funding community, and then uh, the natural evolution of, of business growth, whether it is for-profit or not-for-profit. You know, you, you, we want to include the small, medium, and large businesses all the way up to global health. And that's, that's who we see as, as our, our constituency of bringing those groups together, letting them and helping them understand more of what's going on uh, in our region and hoping that they will be able to make a special connection uh, that yields some, some great results. Talking with Russ LaPerry, CEO and founder of Health Connect South, approaching their third year event, uh, third year in a row that we've had a major event in the city, bringing together healthcare leadership from around the region. <clears throat> it's going to be held at the Georgia Aquarium, learning about how this whole thing got started, uh, a little bit about what Russ and his team are hoping to achieve in terms of the silos. You, you mentioned silos within the healthcare community. It really is it's, it's silos within silos within silos. If you get down to, you look at the hospital and the, the healthcare delivery system itself, it's much the same uh, from one specialty to the next, for example, or even from one department to the next in some cases within a hospital um, or, or one hospital within a system to its sister, for example. It's, it's interesting how even though they have electronic connectivity now with EMRs and so forth, that sometimes communication is really lacking there and it, and it, and patient outcomes, for example, could be accelerated and improved so much more greatly if only that those entities would be better able to collaborate more directly. And when you talked about the fact that there have been some collaborations that have come organically out of entities that have participated in the Health Connect South platform, are you able to talk about some of those at all? Give some examples? I think that we can, but I will save that thunder okay. um, for our guests. Well, this this coming event in September on the twenty first, what's what's it going to be focused on? From what I understand, it's it's really taking on um, making some information available around some important topics and some important efforts around those. Talk about what sure. we're trying to uh, share this year. Sure. For those that uh, have not had an opportunity to join us in years past. Our annual gathering, uh, of which we are evolving from, uh, just becoming an annual gathering to much more of a platform for collaboration throughout the region, um, manifesting itself in regional gatherings, uh, a weekly radio, uh, an online platform for collaboration, uh, and several other exciting things that we have in the works. The first year, there was simply a question of, are we able to bring together this this group that we talked about, uh, this various diverse group of health leaders among uh, these different health assets? And the answer there was yes, uh, we did that. And we were very excited. Year two, 
uh, you know, we we grew into a theme of of collaboration, both unfortunately and then fortunately, we had Ebola to point to uh, as a, a prime example of what's possible when various entities collaborate. And I think everyone would agree that they're, they're, we're not all panicked about Ebola. Something went right about that collective response. Uh, and so if you, if you have something that is an objective and, a lo- and it takes a larger, you could be a top world-class whatever, but it's bigger than you. And I think, you know, Ebola uh, certainly was for everyone. When you have that opportunity to illustrate the power of collaboration at that level, unfortunately, in a reactionary environment. I mean, Ebola happened. It was, oh gosh, what do we do? Okay, everybody should work together. And then changing that paradigm now in year three, we want to look proactively for our theme. And so what does that mean? So this year for a theme, we're not just going to talk about, you know, the power of collaboration. Uh, We want to talk about the top 10 disease states. And if you were to take that power of collaboration and focus it, on the places where it matters most. And, and everything matters, but in terms of statistical uh, outcomes, you know, there are certain disease states um, that you know, are, are the largest threats. And so we wanna look at what health assets are in the Southeast, what are the top 10 disease states, we're using 2014 WHO statistics, what are the, the top 10 disease states in the world and who here is doing what to help advance their cures, and what do they need? If, if we are one thing, we are consistent. It's what do you do and what do you need, and then putting the right people in, 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 the, in the mix that can help decipher that code. Um, that's what we're all about. So good segue to Chris and, and some of the things that UCB, which has been just a phenomenal partner, literally from, from day the one, yeah. literally took the first risk on us, uh, and Chris Clark, Patty Fritz are um, a big reason why Health Connect South even exists. If it wasn't for their um, shared vision and risk taking and confidence in the ability for our health community to come together like never before and pull something like this off, uh, I don't know that it would have happened. And so um, Chris is here and I'll say very publicly, thank you for that. Mm. And I hope that we have been a good steward of your endorsement. Oh, no doubt. I, you know, I think uh, the shared vision that you mentioned is clear, and it goes back to your opening uh, remarks, CW, about the siloed nature of healthcare. We clearly observe the same problem that Russ set out to try to, to solve. So for us, the, the calculus of taking a risk on, uh, on such an opportunity was, was relatively easy. And in terms of return on the stewardship, I think it's, it goes, for, uh, goes without saying that uh, the return has been fantastic, and you know the the opportunities that have been created, not just for UCB but for the community, are, are really meaningful. And the growth that we see now with Health Connect South, uh, while not completely unanticipated, is uh, certainly pleasant, and and uh, we're we're great to see, it's great to see. So, thank you, Russ, for for the collaboration that we've had with Health Connect South. It's been fantastic. We've been introduced to partners uh, throughout the community that otherwise uh, we might not have ever met. So what, what are some of the things that UCB is really focusing on in its work? Yeah, absolutely. So UCB is um, it, it's a perfect illustration uh, of the conversation we're having here. We sit just outside the perimeter of Atlanta in Smyrna on a 40-acre campus, a beautiful campus um, north of town. 
We are a pharmaceutical company. The B in UCB is Belgium, or sorry, global headquarters are in Brussels, Belgium. But our U.S. affiliate is headquartered right here um, in Smyrna, just north of town. And there's uh, 400 or so uh, colleagues of mine sitting up there right now responsible for various different functions uh, of running a pharmaceutical company. We're we global footprint. We're in 40 countries. We have uh, full vertical integration, so bench research in London, in Mannheim, Germany. We have uh, development work going on in RTP and various uh, commercial footprints um, ar- around the globe. But we're, while we're, we're large by many measures, we're, we're mid-sized by pharmaceutical uh, scales, and uh, we're about a 4 billion U.S. company with 9,000 total employees, but we're heavily focused in just a few areas. And uh, maybe a silo within a silo, back to your original, <laughs> your original point. But uh, that focus gives us a certain degree of stability. We're, we focus our energy in immunology, so rheumatoid arthritis and uh, Crohn's disease and these types of, uh, of conditions. We focus in neurology, so epilepsy and uh, where the area in which I work specifically in Parkinson's disease. And then we have um, a hopefully soon to develop uh, franchise in bone health. But outside of those areas, um, we consider that non-core for us. And so we, we're not focused there. We're heavily focused in understanding the depth in those therapeutic areas and trying to deliver solutions at a level that frankly is evolutionary or, or maybe revolutionary in pharma. And that, that is, if you look backwards in time, you would find pharmaceutical companies very heavily invested in counting pills almost. And that's a little indelicate, but the way value was defined was just how much can you sell? Yeah. And the market, the stresses on the market, the evolution that's happening right now in technology um, and um, in our ability to understand the specific needs of the patient is driving us to a much more uh, sophisticated understanding of what value means. And UCB is a company that, that I'm very proud to say has structured our entire org chart literally around trying to drive that value back to the patients. And what does that mean? So I, I work on um, a team of 40 professionals distributed globally called the Seizure Freedom Mission. Years ago, we would have been called a marketing team, but now we have within our team resources such as data science. We have uh, technology experts. We have what we call solution accelerators, which is a job, an amazing job. That's responsibility is to find new ways to deliver value to patients and get it to market as fast as possible. The traditional development pathway in, in pharmaceuticals looks like maybe a decade worth of of clinical trial work if you just think in terms of molecules, but there's so much more that we can do if we think in terms of data and technology and bringing understanding that we have in spades. We understand the patients really well because we've been, we've been working with them hand in hand for literally more than 20 years in epilepsy, for instance. And so if we can find new ways to bring that to the market and deliver that value, um, that is becoming a real focus for us. And so the team that I sit on the Seizure Freedom Mission, um, that's our challenge, to try to under, uncover um, the individuality within the epilepsy patient cohort. <clears throat> They're not monolithic. Uh, it's a disease of the young and the old. You could have a child with a genetic disorder or an elderly person that just had a stroke. And we label those both as epilepsy patients, but they're actually quite unique. Mm. And so we're making it our mission to try to understand that individuality and bring solutions that deliver patient value to help each of those patients live at their ideal. 
and taking some accountability in that and not just being a stand back supplier to the system selling pills, if you will, but actually getting more engaged and, and trying to take accountability to help those patients live at their ideal. Today, we're treating symptoms. We're trying to make seizures stop. In the future, hopefully, we're thinking more about cures and, and things we can go upstream mm. to etiological, for instance, um, uh, manifestations or causes of, uh, of epilepsy. But that's, that's our focus. That's the vision of the team that I work on. Are things like pharmacogenomic testing or genetic testing of different types, are those playing a role in the work that you're doing now? I know they're on the rise, particularly within the pharmaceutical space. Many, of, if not, I don't know if all of the drugs nowadays, but I, I know the FDA is certainly encouraging uh, and recommending that pharma, uh, pharmaceutical companies utilize that sort of data mm. as they develop their medications and conduct their trials. Yeah. Just because... For example, if you use Plavix, for example, the, if you have a particular variant, your body doesn't turn it on. And if you are one of the members that's being tested, then that's going to skew your results. So does those, do those types of precision medicine technologies come into play with what you're doing? Absolutely. So, you know, it's funny when you say precision medicine, a lot of people make the link immediately to genetic information. But really what we're talking about is using information first, uh, and then genetic is one type, other types of data. Um, behavioral, uh, for instance, different ways that we could understand individuality of the patient to create essentially a marker. That marker may be genetic, it may be digital, it may be otherwise. Like historical clinical data as That's well. exactly right. All of those different types of data, it turns out, are very valuable in understanding the needs of the patient. And we absolutely are working very heavily in those areas. In epilepsy, for instance, we currently have three commercially marketed medicines here in the U.S. And um, by by most counts, um, I have a bit of a bias, but by most counts, it's the, the strongest portfolio in the epilepsy space. <clears throat> and so it becomes incumbent on us to have a better understanding of how to use those three medicines. We can't just walk into a physician and say, you pick or use your best judgment. Right. You know, it's um, with, obviously within the confines of compliance and what the FDA allows us to message, it's, it's incumbent on us to bring a, a greater clarity of how to fit those medicines to the right patient. So when you mention precision medicine, that's spot on. As a matter of fact, a fundamental strategic underpinning of all of our work um, is to try to unlock the match between the patient and their ideal therapy. And in some cases, that might not be one of our medicines, and that's okay. It turns out our job is not to get our medicines to the wrong people. Right. Our job is to get our medicines to the right people. So understanding how to unlock the match between a person, a patient with epilepsy, and their ideal therapy is a fundamental for us. You talked about information and being able to ultimately hopefully predict whether it's what we should treat this with, how we should go about that, whether it's you know a medicine of some sort or other therapies. There's a collaboration going on that you launched into with uh, an organization here in town. Talk about that because that sounds like it's folding into what you're talking about there. It's uh, spot on. So we, we launched into, thanks to um, the guidance and leadership of, of Russ and Health Connect South, actually at one of the very, very, very early pre-event events, we made a connection with Georgia Tech that otherwise did not exist. And we learned of a group there on campus that is... You know, you hear the, the Wayne Gretzky saying, skate where the puck is going. Mm -hmm. I've seen no better example than a, a little group uh, on campus at Georgia Tech called I3L, which is the Innovation and Integration 
uh, I'm sorry, Innovation and Interoperability Innovation Lab. They're clearly not marketers um, <laughs> based on that name. But what they are really good at, understanding this fundamental problem that we have in healthcare today, which is the connectivity of different data sets. And so the interoperability between those, for instance, if you're a patient with a uh, generic uh, health coverage X, whatever company, um, and you find yourself with a doctor that doesn't accept that, uh, that insurance in an emergency, uh, but you need healthcare, if your two doctors aren't working on the same EMR platform, the odds of your health data being used in decisions for you are slim and none. So that bridge in between is the opportunity that's presented for interoperability. Mm -hmm. and that's kind of a, a, a growing buzzword. The folks at Georgia Tech were, um, have been working on this problem for years now. And uh, when we met the I3L lab uh, folks, through Health Connect South, Mark Bronstein and Steve Rushing and Marla Gorgeous and Margaret Dahl and their teams, we learned that there's uh, an opportunity to bridge this fundamental problem and to combine that with some work we've been doing, as you mentioned, uh, on predictability. And so we have taken data that um, is essentially off the shelf, garden variety for a pharma company, large scale, large volumes of claims data, anonymized and and uh, uh, with secure privacy and all of that, but large volumes of patient data. And taking that data through a machine learning process to just ask the simple question of, can we better understand how to fit medicines to patients by looking historically at what's happened when different people have been exposed to different medicines in a, a non-supervised way, if you will, true machine learning. And uh, with with collaboration at I3L, we've been able to prove that not only is, is it possible to understand those correlations, but that it's possible to build that in a way that bridges this interoperability gap. So if you will, you could build an app that could be deployed on multiple different devices, uh, Apple or Android in the, kind of a commercial parlance. The skill at Georgia Tech allows us to build an app that can be deployed on, deployed on multiple different EMR platforms. And that app bridging back to a single set of algorithms can potentially predict um, outcomes for epilepsy patients. Now we've published some early work on that showing that indeed we do have um, more than a signal. We have uh, a genuine reason to believe that we can improve outcomes for patients here. And here's where this gets important. An epilepsy patient from the moment of diagnosis, many will spend, and by many, I mean more than half, will spend years trying to get to the right therapy. And those years are made up of trial and error. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The error side of that equation is not good. Yeah. Right? And it's, risk. It's obviously. tons of risk. Um, aside from the acute risk of injury or the impact of losing your job or your car or your ability to drive for years, um, there's also a more clinical risk of, you know, in the community, we say seizures beget seizures untreated epilepsy tends to get worse over time. And so taking care to get a patient to control as fast as possible and engaging that patient directly to help them reach their ideal is another fundamental strategic driver for us at UCB. And so by using what we have in predictive uh, analytics that we've, we've proven has potential and the skills of the I3L lab and which is genuinely cutting edge uh, in the industry. They're 
they are on the the um, true leading edge of a movement called FHIR, F-H-I-R, which is Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resources, a very cool standard that's been developed open source with the community's support. But the uh, a real set of leaders on that is the I3L lab at Georgia Tech. And so they've built a FHIR-based app of our algorithms that we're preparing a path to deploy as we speak. And by deploy, I mean, begin with validation. Obviously, uh, we'll go into the clinic and make sure that we can prove this out before we share it broadly. But those steps are now in in place and uh, on the cusp of beginning uh, because of the, the collaboration that was all um, started at, at Georgia Tech, uh, with Georgia Tech through Health Connect South. Talking with Chris Clark, Portfolio and Strategy Intelligence for the Epilepsy, Epilepsy Division at UCB in Smyrna and learning about how they are deploying technologies to hopefully get predictive, if they can, uh, around uh, patients and treating epilepsy, the best way to do that. And as Chris was talking about, hopefully shortening the period of time it takes to go from diagnosis of this problem to a correct therapeutic approach to it, whatever that may be, such that their impact on their quality of life is is minimized as much as it can be because as we're talking about this one certainly is a big life changer certainly can be uh, affects all facets from home to work and everything in between really just given the risk that you face when spontaneously may have a seizure and and uh, can have significant health risks uh, for you and others if you're in your car for example driving at the time when something like that happens and so they're utilizing some collaborations, as he was talking about, with the folks at Georgia Tech and the I3L labs using information, hopefully to be able to have better collaboration between healthcare providers and even researchers that are looking at this problem. Going back to our earlier conversation, and you can both chime in on this, I mean, how do we see through our, this platform and through our conversations coming up here in September, you know, trying to make an impact on these major healthcare problems that we're going to be focusing on in September in terms of outcomes. Are we hoping that that something like your collaboration with the Georgia Tech folks, for example, may come out of some of these conversations? This is something that we're working on. Um, this is, in this case, UCB is looking at ep- epilepsy as far as the work you're doing. One of the other folks that would be presenting, maybe talking about research they're doing, and hopefully someone in the in attendance or that's following the event will say, hey, wait a second, we're doing some research on uh, and uh, I3L, a, a platform that might help you do that. Is that what we're hoping to achieve here? Uh, this is Russ. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, from Health Connect South's standpoint, it's very hard for us to uh, capture the value we create. We learn about the collaborations that happen oftentimes only after they have occurred or taken hold or are taking shape, uh, which is which is wonderful, a wonderful validation of this model. For September specifically, what we want to do is to bring together a lot of the people that can provide content for those meaningful conversations, uh, as well as expertise. And uh, for us, um, we think that the community then sort of takes it from there. If you ask us to define what success is through Health Connect South uh, and what we're trying to achieve, it is simply partnerships and collaborations in health, which would not have otherwise existed. Uh, I, I very uh, fondly call them beautiful incongruencies, um, these things that on the surface do not look like they fit together, uh, yet when they do have an opportunity because they uh, 
you know, don't don't speak the same acronyms uh, to get together and to break down in very basic terms what it is they're trying to do, and they recognize each other's strengths. You know, that's what we're all about is bringing those two parties together, and those two parties can look very differently. They can speak very differently. They can uh, be a very very different scale. And I think that's that's sort of the magic in it is that you never know where a great idea is going to come from. But if you put the right people together, that can accelerate. Uh, whether it's a cure, a partnership, an idea, uh, everybody has value to add. And I think that we want to underscore that. But by bringing together the best people, the best innovators, the best decision makers, and the next generation of health leaders, you have sort of hit the fast forward button on collaborations. And that's what we're hoping to achieve both in September, as well as our regional events throughout the year. We'll have another one coming up in uh, Florida. We just finished one in Birmingham. Uh, Earlier this year, we had one in um, Nashville, as well as Research Triangle. And that's what we're trying to do is now extract, uh, identify those top health assets in our region, uh, as well as those top innovators, decision makers, and next generation of health leaders in our region, in hopes of being the South by Southwest, if you will, right. uh, the Aspen Ideas Festival, et cetera, of health in our region, uh, and being the umbrella with no agenda. Uh, we're not trying, you know, it's not, ha ha, it's a big company, commercial. It's not. Uh, it's not for anyone, it's for everyone. Uh, and I think that's what we're hoping to achieve is, is sort of now in, in year three of this uh, validation of the model, uh, which I'd say we've done, mm-hmm. um, an acceleration of partnerships, uh, which I would say uh, is work that never gets done. That's just always ongoing. And then an extension of geography, uh, as we have done this past year, extending from you know just Georgia year one uh, now to you know, to move our sites into including Florida and South Carolina, as we've already done things in North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, and to do more and more of those. And, uh, you know, very much a hive mentality. I mean, it takes more than one bee to make the honey. Um, uh, but it's the, the byproduct of all of that effort is very clear. Uh, the process for doing so uh, be- looks on the surface less so, uh, but it's in getting the right pollinators, if you will, together, that produces a very clear outcome. Uh, and so we want, we want as much honey out there in our health community as, as possible. And we, we, we see that clearly as collaborations. With UCB, Chris, or we'll, we'll get down to that. You, you talked about some collaborations that have come together that are helping you move your work forward on a faster pace and a broader scale. But what, what resources do you sit around the boardroom talking about needing now that that would help you yeah so um one thing that's clear is that we understand well the core if you will of of being a pharmaceutical company uh for instance uh, discovering a molecule and bringing that all the way through the paces the decade worth of risk and investment that goes along with turning that into a pharmaceutical uh we understand that portion incredibly well what where we need help is where we think about bringing uh, this this new definition of value to patients. And if we're if we are indeed going to help patients partner for their ideal, that means involving technology, 
involving new types of data, involving services that we might offer. One thing that's clear is <clears throat> we have to maintain a sense of humility about what we're good at and a clear head on where we need partnership. And that's, a, that's another fundamental strategy within UCB is understanding uh, where we need partnership. And for us, thinking about different techniques and, and ways to use data, um, there's a clear opportunity for partnership there that we're already uh, beginning to um, exploit through our partnership with Georgia Tech. There are also opportunities to think about um, service partnerships where there are organizations that are really good about thinking about how do we how do we bring a service to patients that helps them out. For instance, you could imagine a scenario where an epilepsy patient um, has an array of services at their at their fingertips to help them reach control beyond just what the medicine does. Um, there's so much more to it. A patient's life, a patient's quality of life is more than just, did you take your medicine? Yeah. And getting some help in those areas outside of our core, if you will, is clear. If we want to provide a deeper definition of value to patients, then we're going to have to go into areas where data or services or technology is someone else's core and partner with them. And so far, our efforts there, um, we're, we're beginning to show good results. You know, I think clearly the, the collaboration at Georgia Tech is, is um, demonstrating that. And I think you'll see more collaborations is specifically within UCB's epilepsy shop, I can I can confirm for you coming up very soon, where you'll see us trying to redefine what it means to be a pharmaceutical company in this marketplace and redefine the way that we express value uh, for patients. That's going to require partnership and collaboration. You know, one of the things I just want to add to that, I think one of the themes that we um, that we want to hit on, and hopefully we hopefully we have in many ways, is just a general mindset uh, for those that participate in Health Connect South, uh, whether attending or, or listening or, um, uh, uh, you know, otherwise being in, involved with, with this effort. It's that simply you have more resources than your own. This community, the Southeastern community, is very, very rich with health assets. There's a general headspace that we want those that participate uh, in our gatherings, um, in, in our radio, and in, in anything that we do uh, to come in with. And it's that I am only part of the solution. Uh, my resources are finite. And with those that surround me uh, and my organization, I am much bigger. And we believe that geography matters uh, when you can very easily access uh, something through either a short drive uh, an extraordinarily short flight. You're not dealing with, you know, massive time zone differences. Um, you know, that can help accelerate. These are, these are the fundamental building blocks of collaboration, uh, proximity. Um, and there's just so much here. Um, so, um, so to that point, um, we, we really want to ensure that everyone listening, uh, also understands that, that you, you are bigger than you, uh, and your abilities are not, uh, limited, and I think that UCB has done a masterful job, and uh, even as large as they are, uh, recognizing that they have finite knowledge around certain things, uh, and where they need uh, to seek a complement for that solution, so that at the end of the day, with all of these things, uh, the patients' lives are better. 
And that's everything. That's always the end point to all of this is are the patient's lives better? And I think by those that uh, ultimately help affect, whether it's through the pharmaceuticals, whether it's through treatment, whether it's through research, it's all, that's always the end point. Does it make people's lives better? And by utilizing, by those entities that, that do make people's lives better, utilizing resources beyond their own, they can help get to, yes, we do make people's lives better faster. And I think that's what, at the end of the day, all of this is about. With the last couple of minutes, I know that there are a couple of key needs for Health Connect South. Talk about those real quick before we get you back to the office. Uh, I know I know, funding uh, and support in that sure. way is a, is a big need, but then also you're looking for contributors of, of expertise to contribute to this sharing of knowledge that we're uh, engaging in here through the platform, whether it's here on the radio uh, or uh, at your events that you're talking about, the upcoming September event or the regional ones. What do you need in those, in those regards? Sure. Um, uh, thank you. For Health Connect South, uh, what we need is the opportunity and the introductions into the right folks uh, into our surrounding communities so that they are a part of and an important and growing part of this this effort. Certainly as a nonprofit, we all, uh, all nonprofits, uh, rely on, on, on the supporting uh, community. Uh, and our, our view on that is we're not looking for any, you know, one major thing. Uh, we very much want Health Connect South to be the equivalent of a community potluck supper. Um, if everyone can provide enough for themselves and one other person, we never have to worry about, uh, is there enough? Uh, and so both from a funding standpoint uh, and resource standpoint, uh, we hope that many, many forward-thinking um, and open, innovation-minded uh, organizations will embrace this concept uh, and be supportive of uh, this so that we may continue upon um, progressing our mission forward uh, to be a regional platform for health collaboration. Uh, the other thing that I would say that, not that necessarily we need, but that we we look to is to hold up those things that are most progressive in our health community, uh, the things that may not have a voice elsewhere, uh, and to be able to share wonderful examples of collaboration, but equally as important, uh, needs for collaboration. Uh, gosh, I have this thing over here in my place uh, that if only we fill in the blank, then we could fill in the blank, and then blah, 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 ending in, better results for patients. And I think that's that's really, um, you know, a constant. It's a constant need, uh, but it is a fundamental desire to showcase those things, to showcase not only those abilities, but those needs in health so that we can help bring the right parties together around them. That's uh, That's what we need. Who needs to be getting registered for the upcoming event and then these other regional events? Um, who needs to think about coming and why should they? Yeah, sure. I think that's a great question. We've been, as I'd mentioned, um, uh, very selective with who we're sort of marketing to um, and make no apologies uh, for that. We really want to bring in those that um, can do the most good the fastest. I mean, that's that's the bottom line of it. And at the same time, are very open to those that have ideas. So it is, uh, again, exclusive and inclusive all at, all at yeah. once. We want to create an environment where everyone has great content to share. 
uh, where everyone has everyone that's there has an idea that they need uh, others to hear about or are just so close, if only. Uh, because the solutions to a lot of if onlys, I, I firmly, and I think many of us that have been involved in this, uh, are, are oftentimes right here in our own Southeastern health community. And it's just by knowing uh, that uh, and knowing what they are that these collaborations can take form. So um, well, that's who we want there, and that's why we want them. If you want more information about the upcoming Health Connect South event, go to healthconnectsouth.com, and there's a link there for you to be able to register. As I mentioned, if you use the promo code RADIOX, you'll receive a discount on your registration fee as well. And make sure you talk to the your colleagues in, in the healthcare ecosystem here in the region about the fact that you're going and hey you should you should join me there because there's some great uh, uh, introductions to be made there's some great information to be gained and it might end up being something that either spurs your efforts forward or or uh, you are able to help somebody else in in their efforts to as russ was talking about improving patient outcomes in our overall community chris talk about where folks can go to get more information about ucp and your work yeah, they can obviously find us at ucb.com um, is probably the best source. Uh, they'll see uh, me and other members of the team uh, on September 21st at, at Health Connect South, uh, obviously, and can find us through uh, through Health Connect South resources online. Those are probably the best the best ways to find us. Uh, that's definitely where we have our feelers out looking for collaboration. Well, thanks to both of you gentlemen. I know you're both very busy. I appreciate you making time to find your way here into the studio this morning and and share this information about what you're working on and and what would help you both achieve what you're trying to on behalf of the patients in our community that much more uh, quickly. And if you've not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll find the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store where the Health Connect South Radio Show podcast lives. And make sure you subscribe to us because that way, each week when the new episode comes out, it's downloaded straight to your device, ready for you to consume when it's convenient for you, particularly when you're sitting in traffic, uh, which we have plenty of opportunities to enjoy here in the Atlanta area for sure. And uh, gentlemen, again, thanks so much for making time. All the folks over at Health Connect South uh, and everybody that made us a part of their day today, really appreciate your time. We hope you turn around and share this information with your social media networks. You might just be putting information in the hands of somebody that actually ends up making a significant difference in the health of our community. So we'll say thanks in advance to you folks out there that uh, take us up on clicking share. And we look forward to catching up with you all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. 